Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. Hi everyone, I'm Aaron Noonan, or welcome to the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Timken, a world leader in bearings and mechanical power transmission products and services. This week we sit down with 2017 Bathurst 1000 winner Penrite Racing's David Reynolds. In the second part of our chat, we ask him your National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions. We fire through this V8 Sleuth Top 10 shootout, and first though, we cover his time with Erebus Motorsport and his Bathurst 1000 victory and he talks publicly for the first time on the darkest day of his career. At the Mount Buller Sprint, the Tarmac Rally in 2007, 13 years ago, an accident put David in hospital and claimed the life of his co-driver. So here we go, buckle up, it's time to start. You're going to hear a very different side, both sides in fact, of David Reynolds in the second part. It's David Reynolds on the V8 Loop podcast, powered by Tim Kent. 2017, October, Mount Panorama, Bathurst. Greatest day of your life. I was, I was about to say, was it the best day of your Greatest, life? And yeah, you have just, be. just answered it already. Greatest day of your life. There's no. Ever? Could it be topped? Could your wedding day top that? Could Definitely it? not. Don't tell her that. She knows. Oh, right. Okay, well, as long as she knows. Then. She'll be with, hopefully, she'll be with me for life, but we'll probably never get married. Maybe one day after we have kids and then. Oh, we're doing life planning here on the V8. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I plan my life. Well. I always think about oh, this that's, stuff. That's okay. What's the standout one moment and memory that you've got of that? Winning Bathurst in 2017. What's the moment of that day that sticks most in your I've mind? got many memories. Probably m- lots many, of many, many, many memories. Um, the last couple of laps, feeling sick, driving the car, like wanting to throw up, wanting to dry reach. I was dry reaching, driving down the straight because I was nerves. so ner- just so nervous of what that, was about to holy happen. Crap, we're so close to winning. Yeah, this is this is actually going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then the biggest memory probably was be standing on the podium, looking down at my team, and just seeing the happiness in their face was just second to none. Mm. That was, yeah, that's probably why I do this. I, I've always remembered in the 90s, I'm sure it was in the 80s, 70s too, and the noughties, but it sort of wound down a bit. The Sunday night Bathurst party was always a big one. Mm. But in the world now of the championship, Gold Coast in a couple of weeks' time, everyone's got to get back home, the trucks have got to go home, everyone's yep. got to do their thing. How hard did you go on the Sunday night of Bathurst 2017? Terribly bad. Lit it up. No. Nah. No, not at all. Went to bed. Went to bed. M- myself and Luke, by the time we finished all our com- media commitments, we got home like midnight. You're done already. I was cactus. And we had two beers, just laughed at our day and just what a magical <laughs> day it was. <laughs> Looked at the stars and went, all, all right, right we've got to get up at like five o'clock. So, so yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was pathetic. It's That's <laughs> why I wanted to win the next year because I would have just lit, lit the town. Rip. Yeah. Probably but the parties not. haven't, like, used to be like a really good party scene. Like, we used to race hard on track, but then used to go drink beers at the pub and everyone got along. Well, that's what I assumed as a young kid back then. Mm. But these days, yeah, not, it doesn't no, really happen. It doesn't really. It no, it's quite down, segregated. I think even with the early 2000s, I can only speak personally from starting to work in the championship a bit more, that yeah. the Sunday night. RSL party was usually a big one. Yeah. Uh, but these days, I guess, I mean, the other thing is that everyone gets older. Yeah. They've got families to get back to. They've got but everyone high had- profile jobs. But things just move on and things change a little yeah, bit. So We need to bring that back, don't we? Sunday night Bathurst party. Or just Sunday night parties. 
Well, for every round. Yeah. Remember Darwin used to be a big one. Darwin's always been big. Townsville's, Townsville's always been big. stuff on the map pretty well. But it hasn't, I don't, I no. haven't really been part of it much lately. I'm just too old. Exactly. I'm old and married, David. Those <laughs> no, just, it's bad. Oh, I have you a can still, beer. I'd be like you after Bathurst, two beers, and I'm oh, I was cactus, to mate. Out to but it. that was like going to bed that night was the happiest day of my life. It was like <laughs> someone. It was like someone read it was me. A dream. It was like someone read me a nice fairy tale book. Very good book. Yeah, it was exactly. It was if, about my life being fantastic at that time, which it totally nothing was. totally yeah. was. You just, you just feel so invincible, so. Just yeah, unbelievable. Mm. There's no, there's no, there's no, no one word or one sentence that can describe that moment no. in your life. Oh, I'd love to, have, love to be in a position to try to find what that word is, but having never experienced, nope. I don't I think I can ever find the word, the sentence, or the paragraph, yeah. or the chapter, or the book to, to be able to do it. <laughs> Betty was crying on the um on the fence, and she said something like, "I hope my children are watching." That's all she said. <laughs> it was just like, oh. <laughs> this is funny. Winning Bathurst. Is taken differently by everyone. Everyone, yeah. It's, it's, it's just a weird, weird time in your life. It is. It is. And before, um, we've gone through highs and lows and all the bits and pieces along the way. Ten years earlier to that win, about the same time of the year, and it's one that I, I bring it up, and I will say that we've discussed this before we came mm. on the pod to talk about yeah. it because I only want you to feel comfortable if you're That's comfortable fine. about it. It's fine. Uh, for those who, who don't know, uh, November, I think it was in 07, the Supercar Championship was off over in Bahrain actually racing on the Grand Prix circuit there um, when we were doing those Middle East races. There's a bit of a, a period there where we did a fair bit of that stuff with Abu Dhabi and, and the like. And you weren't in the main game at the time. You were you'd finish your Porsches, mm-hmm. and you were doing a um, a bitumen, um, I guess a, a hill climb race. sprint thing. The Mount Buller sprint. Yeah. In a um, it was an Elfin, wasn't it, with a Holden? Yeah, it was uh, an engine. It was open top. <coughs> at, at the time, uh, HSV or the world of HSV bought Elfin. That's right, and which they, was a historic brand in Australian motor yeah, racing time, yeah. that had been reborn after Gary Cooper, who was the founder, passed away in the eighties, and they made open wheel race cars and sports cars, and yeah, it was kind of rebirthed as a modern sports car, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and they made this car, um, the Elfin V eight, and they put like a LS three motor in mm. it or whatever it was. It had heaps of the power. HSV engine, HSV engine, yeah. yeah. So that was the the tie in with that. So they end up buying that, and they um, decided to do the Mount Buller Sprint to show everyone how fast it is and how good it is and everything like that. And they contracted me as the driver and, and me, I knew nothing about um, bitumen in, in rally. Essence, it's almost like a, a target stage in a yeah. way. It's a bitumen climb up Mount Buller from go to woe yep. of, I guess, what was it, 15Ks or something like that? Something but, like that, yeah. yeah. But it went horribly wrong. Yeah. Horribly, it, horribly it wrong. It shows there was, there was an accident. Your co-driver mm-hmm. Paul Flintoft, who was a really experienced navvy yep. in in rallying yep. circles, passed he, away instantly. And he, he unfortunately lost his life in that accident. Yep. And you were helicoptered out of there, I think. For yeah, I got I got I got choppered to the Alfred Hospital, but it was just a really, really just just that was the absolute worst time of my life. Yeah, there was oh, nothing. Sure. There was nothing anyone was going to say or do to make me feel better, or and it took me years to get over. Mm. And I had had a lot of help. Um, I was obviously cancelled about everything, went and saw professional help, got hypnotised, everything, everything yeah. to try and help myself feel better and, you know, come to terms with what happened. But at the end of the day, um, time does heal all, I think. Um, but it was just a really bad situation because, you know, the car they gave me wasn't, 
wasn't really up to scratch. It didn't stop well. The suspension was all dodgy and um, just had a really powerful engine, which made it a bit of a death trap. And um, I remember walking around the, the week of the week of the race at HSV when I was still in the HSV department saying, this is probably the last week you'll ever see me. Really? Yeah. Why did you go and do it then? Because I was a young kid and I... A drive was a drive. Yeah, well, I, I knew what I was getting into, but I didn't want to disappoint anyone by saying, I don't think we should do this. I think, you know, so we should... So this is the yes thing coming through? Yeah. Once again, yeah, this yeah. is, yeah. I I have I have a bad problem saying yes and can't say no to things. So I kind of knew what I was in for, but I didn't want to... I was telling people in a, in a roundabout way, but didn't actually go tell the people I need to, needed to tell. And um, but we did a lot of work on the car. We tried to make it better. Um, myself and Paul went up there the week before and mapped out the whole stage and did many, many runs to figure out all the corners and do all the numbering. And he was system. very fastidious, well regarded. Oh, he was in the unbelievable. Rally world. He worked yeah, with he Alex was. Davison at the same event. Yep. I remember before, and Alex had said the same thing that he was, he was absolutely methodical. Yeah. He was just super unbelievable at his job, and he knew my old man from the rally days in the early. 80s because my dad was a uh, he raced rally cars in the 80s so they kind of knew each other um but yeah that was just a super just the worst time of my life and yeah nothing it was really really bad that it was point it was that bad that um at the time the police got their story wrong and they told i think they told my parents that i'd died I do recall that the yeah. stories of releases and of the words because yeah. we were working. The, I was working the championship at the time uh, with television, and we were in Bahrain. Yeah, so we were hearing things, and I do recall there being a little bit of confusion over it was, yeah, very, exactly very what confused. had happened to who, which is a horrendous. And this is before the days of social media, yeah. two thousand seven. Yeah. You know, it's not like it is these days. So, yeah. Um, so, so had it got to your parents that? Yeah, yeah, because my parents were at that race. And, um, but they got the wrong news. I think so. I think the cops might have told them. I still haven't really asked them. I probably should. No, <laughs> but anyway, I, it's I, a terrible like it's, situation. Yeah. I, st- I still, when I talk about it now, I still shake and you can hear it in my voice mm. and everything. It still obviously eats, mm. eats me at home. But, you know, I had um, bruised brain at the time. Um, there was, luckily, there was no bleeding. And I got, I kind of got away pretty much unscathed. I had you know, cuts and bruises and everything. and But the images I, that I saw was just way too horrific for me mm. for, to never forget. Mm. And, um, yeah, and yeah, I still live around the corner from uh, the hospital I flew to, and so I'd drive under the bridge they airlifted me to every day, mm. basically. And, um, yeah, I, I went through really, really, really shit time in my life. Like, it took me years to feel better. Mm. It just took me, yeah, I still, like, I'll never really get over it, I don't think, but, um, yeah, it's something I'll... I have to live with. So you everyone, were, everyone, yeah. yeah, everyone has struggles, and that was the lowest, lowest, lowest point. I was severely depressed for many years after that, and it, you know, took me a long time to work myself out of it. And I still think about it in times of, in when I'm a bit down, um, it still hurt, still gets me down, and I still, you know, remember Paul and everything that happened. Have you? Um Come, come to the feeling now that it was an accident, that it wasn't yeah. your fault, that that's yeah, well, the stuff that happens sadly in the sport. Yeah. Luckily, it doesn't happen very often, but that that's what can happen when yeah. stuff goes yeah, wrong. Yeah, motorsport is very dangerous. We're, it says we're, it on the ticket. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, um, 
I never read that. <laughs> and why am I shocked by that? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like it's this is part of our job, and and you know he, yeah, I just I don't know what to say, man. It's, it's, oh, no, it's I still it I still I still I'm still hurt by it. Oh, it's and that was thing, thirteen sure years ago. Yeah, I'll never forget it. Never forget what happened. Everything that happened, all the images burnt into my skull, and um, yeah, it sucks. It's one of the mm. worst times of my life, and I'll never forget it. I'll never get over it. But I just have to live with it. And and when I'm a little bit depressed, you know, it's, it does resurface, and that's why I try and keep myself busy to try and forget, you know, try and forget it. Mm. And that's why I try and do so much, so that way I don't sit at home and think about shit times. Never an idle mind. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I did. I did seek a lot of help to try and. Get over that, yeah, and we probably also, and many different types of help. Yeah, I was going to say, did you just say hypnotism earlier as yeah, well? Yeah, I got hypnotized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that actually kind of helped me, and I didn't do that. I finished my last session two weeks before Bathurst 2012. Right. Okay. And I and walked out you, of that place seeing the world differently. And then you saw the world from standing on the podium at Mount Panorama. Isn't that coincidence? Mm. Mm. So and that's that's how long I battled with it for. And we almost should say five to, years. to anyone who um, might be going through some tough times, ring the guys at Lifeline or anything like that. We yeah. always encourage anyone. Mental Definitely. health is such a massive part. And I, I do really uh, appreciate not a, you taking the time to talk no about worries, that topic. Man, I, don't, because I don't really talk we, about we, it much. That's right. We, we, we covered it off before we sat down on the yeah. mic. And I, I think it's part of your story. Um, yes, of, of all drivers have the good and the bad. It's that your bad is, you know, hopefully Horrific. something that no one else does experience. <laughs> and um, I just felt that it was the sort of topic. No, if mate, you felt I'll, comfortable talking I'm, about I'm, it, we would. I wouldn't. Would I wouldn't have a few years ago, but I realised that it's part of my story, part of my life. And hopefully, the more times I talk about it, the more people know about it, um, the, the easier I might become with it. Mm. So I still deal with that problem day in day out. Appreciate you talking about no, it, mate. So. I know we covered it from Bathurst 2017 and the segue to to 10 years earlier of how the two polarizing things are the yeah, best it's quite day of funny, your life isn't it? and yeah. <laughs> the worst day I never of your thought life about and, it like that, and but... putting them together. Uh, let's put some brightness back into it. Thank you. A <laughs> uh, big part of your, your world these days is Tahan. We knew Tahan from Big Brother. Um, she's yeah. a regular part <laughs> about the Super Cup. Oh, now, but how did you woo Tahan? What are you saying? Well, how did you woo her? <laughs> did you, was there a pickup line that you launched that impressed her? Or what? what why, why? Why did I end up with her? Um hmm. I don't you know. You must have done something, right? I have no idea what, what happened. No but clue. She, she was a, a a grid girl in 2012. and um, So you ended the hypnosis, you go to the Bathurst podium and you meet your girlfriend. She that was a big yeah, couple of weeks. Basically, that's when it all happened. Bathurst, 2012? Yep. That's when we finally got together and formed a relationship and she moved in 2013 and she just never left. Never left. <laughs> she kind of, she kind of, she come over one day after before before that happened, but she wouldn't know that I was going through all that drama. No, in my life. So, and she just never left. And Did she's you... been my best friend ever since. And we talk so much rubbish. And she's such a such a good bird. I love her so much. Where'd you go on your first date? Uh, we went to um, Red Rooster at Bathurst. <laughs> <laughs> she was hungry. She was, was drive through. She was working doing a. Uh, she was a. Uh, you know, grid girl doing promo work at a bottle shop or like was a pub it a bottle or something. O? It was a pub, I think. Oh no, but I and was going to say, was she a bottle O? She was a bottle O. She was girl. a bottle. Oh, so yeah, she yeah, was your yeah. team grid girl. Yeah, but right, the, okay. the, the 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 stuff they made her wear was like a retro. Because it was girl. a retro year that we did all like the old liveries and stuff. Wasn't she it? had the coolest like little dress on, and she just looked super cute. So I picked her up after her um 
her pub stuff and then she's like, I'm hungry. Where can we go? And I said, oh, I've eaten. So what do you want? She goes, is there anything open? <laughs> it's Chicken like 10 chips. o'clock at night. Yeah. She goes, oh, I'm just Red Rooster is fine. <laughs> so we drove through Red Rooster and I got a like quarter chicken and chips and she sat there and ate it. And, yeah. You splashed just, out for your first dinner. I know. Bride, didn't you? <laughs> but when she came over, I cooked her a palmer. Did you? I cooked her a palmer from scratch, yeah. The first time I've made a dinner was a chicken palmer. With chips? Yeah. Oh, you got to have chips. Must have been, I think it was sweet potato chips. Oh, that's, yeah, that's always, good. Oh, that's, sweet that's, potato chips are yeah, way yeah. better. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, Bob, we've, done well. We've done got well. a fantastic relationship and, yeah, she's fantastic. There's no, yeah, no one better in my life. Glad to have to fun it. with and have laugh with. And Glad to hear she makes She challenges me and makes me do things I don't want to do, but for, it's for the better. I just wish she'd get rid of her phone. Oh, she loves a phone. She loves a photo. That's the only thing that pisses me off. <laughs> oh, I hate photos so much. <laughs> so if you always look at her Instagram, it's always me depressed in the background. Trying to get out of doing? the back of the frame. Yeah, looking looking a bit sad. Hey, one of the things that we talk to our guests on our podcast about, we love the history of the sport, we love the old cars, and we love memorabilia and all that stuff. Are you a bit of a keeper of stuff? Not Suits or trophies or helmets or oh, stuff? What do you what do you keep? What do you think? Um... I've got, I've got my helmets. Obviously, I've only sold two of them, and I kind of regret selling them. <laughs> I don't know. I just shouldn't have done it. Uh, I've got some old suits and stuff, but I don't really keep a lot of stuff. I don't know no. why. My old man's got all the cars I've driven, like all the model cars I've oh, driven. Yeah. I was going to say got all some. the cars. Wow, he's got a big shed. Well, no, he's like yeah, one eighteenth, one eighteenth scale, yeah. tiny little things. And he gave them to me, and they sit, they sit underneath my TV. Um, Do you collect your each year's car? I, yeah, I kind of. I need to find some. Right, <laughs> I got, got really slack at it. Got yeah, I got, I got really slack at it. Might have to but I don't know. It's memorabilia. has never really, never really been part of my forte. Or hmm. I don't like to keep a lot of stuff. Everyone's different. Yeah, everyone's different. Yeah. Like I don't like to keep a lot of stuff around the house. Um, you know, if you come to my house, it's not really racing related. It's pretty bare. And I think a lot of people who are in racing, their place is not uh, racing yeah, it's not related. Really, yeah. yeah, most of my house is littered by my girlfriend's shit. <laughs> she gets. Like dresses sent to her. She got four parcels last night full of dresses given to her. I'm like, how much is that? Oh, she's like, $600. I'm like, they gave that to you. I'm like, she's like, yeah. I'm like, sweet. Good deal. We've got to get yeah, in there. Makes, that. Well, I always have a rule. One thing comes in, one thing goes out. Ah, uh, yes. But she doesn't follow that rule. Oh, well. I was going to say, it's not well enforced by you. No, it's not. No. Of all of your, your race cars from your time, when all said and done, what's the one that you'd like to have sitting in the garage at home as a keepsake? Um, maybe two of them. Okay, I'll let you have two. Can yeah. I have two? Is you can that have two. part of the yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably my championship winning 2007 Cup car. Do you know where it is? No, I'd have. Oh, I think it's actually at Bob Jane T Mart. Right in the foyer. I think. So I think it's got Moffat on the side though, because Moffat's the last one to drive it. So did that race on the next year? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, James Moffat drove that car. Uh huh. Um, that's that's a beautiful car. Great car. And the other car would be the 2012 car, the Bottle O Falcon. Yep. I love that. We know where it is. I know it's where it is back now. To delivery yeah, I know. Because we've, we've discussed it in, today. In that livery too. That's how I would have it in my garage. Hand yeah. painted everything. Yeah, but they cost a lot of money. So it would <laughs> FPR eight oh seven, I believe the is chassis. It? How do you know all this? Uh, got a website. Um, <laughs> the sleuth. Actually, if I hadn't written it all down at the time it happened, there's no chance in hell I'd be able to remember all this. So <laughs> it's just Mate, as well. I'm, I actually saw your um, little operation downstairs, and it is super impressive. You should be super proud of that. Oh, thanks. That is no, something really a, cool. Because I remember going around to um, oh, Will we go. Davison's mum's house. <laughs> 
and seeing all these old tapes like stacked up to buggery yeah. and that's all the old racers used to sit there and, and calculate all the stats right. with and yeah. you've done Guilty. an absolutely brilliant job Noon. you should oh, be proud of yourself oh, thank you mate that's very kind of you but the, I think that's the only reason so when I moved to Melbourne I met Will Davison, became friends with Will oh, Davison. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Silly me. Um, end up living with his mum. No, end up living with he and his mum because Alex <laughs> had moved to Germany to race for Porsche and I was moving out of where I was and they lived 10 minutes down the road and Will said, well, Alex's room's here. You should come and live here. I think he just wanted me to move there to bring all the motor racing VHS tape collection, <laughs> really. But they weren't about himself, though. <laughs> oh, well, was, yeah, somehow Will's got an amazing ability to make everyone have to watch inboard of himself yeah. from Formula 4 days. Or from his Formula 1 lap. In 2004. Mate, if I'd driven a Formula 1 car, I'd be showing yeah, everyone it's too. Cool, like, yeah. Seriously, tell me you wouldn't but I actually, well. I've hung out with I hang out with Will a lot, but he hasn't brought that up lately. So uh, Give it time. Yeah. It'll, it'll come back up. That <laughs> I time I drove a Formula just, 1 yeah. car. Of course, we did a two-parter on the podcast last year with Will. And I, I'd really, if you haven't heard it, go back through our previous episodes because he talks about racing in England at the time uh, with Lewis Hamilton and some of the big Robert Kubica and all these guys he names. raced against at various times when he was on the pathway of Formula Renault and Formula 3 trying to get to, to Formula 1 and, of course, the test that he had with Will Power and the Minardi. It was, if you haven't yeah. heard it, go back through it's our really previous cool. episodes yeah. and you can hear it. Um, He's a great storyteller too, isn't he, Will? He does love a lengthy story. He's a fantastic does, does Will. We'll get back to the podcast in just a moment, but I wanted to tell you about our good friends at Timken, a world leader in bearings and mechanical power transmission products and services. Now, you might know their name and recognise their logo, but did you know that Timken products have been to the surface of Mars? It's true. Timken partnered with NASA to design and develop bearings for its Mars rover missions Spirit, Opportunity and Curiosity, as well as for NASA's next scheduled mission to the red planet that's set to blast off in July 2020. The Curiosity rover used Timken bearings in its descent to the planet, as well as in the carousel system that positions the rover's sample cups for gathering and analysing rock, soil and atmosphere, plus two bearings that run the vacuum pump that supports the rover's analytical equipment. Those bearings are just 6.35 millimetres, yes, millimetres in size, and they rotate at 100,000 RPM. It's amazing. We'll bring you some more cool facts about Timken in each episode of the V8 Sleuth podcast this year, but now it's back to the podcast. The National Motor Racing Museum Couch Racer Questions is the segment that's up next. The National Motor Racing Museum at Mount Panorama, which doesn't have a David Reynolds car in it at the moment, I don't no. think, but one day we'll find a way to stick one in there. It's but now all, open... all the times I've been there, I've only been to that museum once. Well, you need to go back because it's constantly changing yeah, with I new know. exhibitions. There's a 12-hour exhibition on at the moment is there? for the first half of the year with some of the great cars, including Erebus's Bathurst-winning 12-hour Mercedes. Yep. There's the only supercar to ever compete in the 12-hour, which was the Melrose Commodore oh, that yeah, yeah. was an ex-Jamie Wink Cup car. <laughs> There's a whole pile of other stuff as well. They're open six days a week, 9 to 4.30. They're closed on Tuesdays, though, now. They've changed what their opening times. on Tuesday? Times. They're closed. What happens? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, they get all the work Why? done that you can't get done when there's people in there wandering around. So uh, with thanks to the National Motor Racing Museum, our couch racer questions, we put the call out on social. We tell them we're talking to Dave Reynolds and our Facebook page melts and we have to pick the best of them. So um, uh, James asks, what do you consider your greatest drive? doesn't have to be a win. might be just a personal highlight of a race you did really well and you felt you did a good job in. Uh, my my best personal drive. I'm trying to think. Well, you nailed it. You drove like a rock star. Um, it's a good question. It should just spring to mind, shouldn't it? Should. 
but it doesn't. Doesn't. <laughs> no, probably probably uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, probably even twenty eighteen Bathurst. Yeah, that was my up to about lap one forty two. That was I was untouchable. True. Yeah, that, that was the brain. most. That was the most dominant. What with what? Half a brain at the time. It, yeah, you were because I was melted. You were not in a good way. No. but that was probably the most dominant performance we've seen by a car you know, in the supercar era for a long time at Bathurst. Yeah. Other other cars are one, but you led so many laps and you had pole and yeah, all my, of the bits. My car was amazing. Which probably leads us to the next question, actually, having said that. Michael What's J. Most Ford, Michael J. Ford, the biggest regret of your supercar I career. I was going to say Michael J. Fox. I know. No. <laughs> uh, definitely, yeah, 20, 2018 Bathurst. That's the missed It's my best and my worst. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah, all in one. Uh, he's got a second part to the question. Do Erebus have you on much of a leash or is your contract free and clear for you to be the real Dave? Um... You know, obviously, it, every contract has you know it's tight bound about what you can and can't say. But my 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 I suppose thesis is that I'm always myself. I can only ever be myself. I just don't say anything bad about the team. And I never even say if anything, you've had a bad day, even if I've had a bad day, never never say anything bad about the employees that work hard for you, and um, never say anything bad about your sponsor. But I think all you know the category itself and everything else is fair game. But I don't. I tend. I don't say much bad things. I always just say funny shit every now and again. <laughs> I don't really say anything bad, do I? No, I don't think so. I don't think we could impeach you. So I think that's impeach. okay. Um, Craig Condo. He says, David. Actually, do you, do you get called call David me, or Dave? You can call me Aaron. You can call me whatever you want. Righto, Dave. I've been called. What does your mum and dad call you? David or Dave? Um, I don't even know what they call me. I did hear a recent episode of the Beyond. Below beyond, the bonnet. I wouldn't say beyond the bonnet. I meant below people, the bonnet. People Let's call get it right. everything. Under yeah, the yeah. bonnet. Those three <laughs> numbskulls talking crap. Yeah. Um, good crap, though. And you talked about <laughs> your, your nicknames as a kid. In this, and, and I remember it completely because you said as a kid, everyone just called you Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah. Everyone just called me Noonan at yeah. high school. That was like year nine is not exactly the most brilliant of thought process with coming up with a nickname for anybody. Yeah, I didn't do anything oddly bizarre in high school to get called. Just went off and raced go-karts and probably missed half of school, yeah, did speed. you? No, I was always no, – my was attendance there. was good. Oh, you're you're a good player. I don't know. Oh, my attendance was good, but my at my application application was terrible. <laughs> that's what I, that's the word I was looking for. Uh, to finish the question, Craig asks: You've been involved with a few spirit sponsors over the years. Spirit sponsors. Spirits, as in alcoholic spirits. Oh yeah, yeah, red yeah. And, Well, the bottle O pretty much covers everybody, doesn't it? Um, if you had to do a shoey with one of them, which would you choose? If I had to do a shoey with one of them, with a spirit with in a the shoe, spirit. For, I'd hmm. do like a white Russian. <laughs> Bit of milk in there, cooler oh, oh, vodka, bit of ice. Oh, after, <laughs> gross, a, after a thousand k's around Bathurst, <laughs> so that gross. is not nice. Uh, Lucas Stocking. Now this is the same Lucas Dukes. Stocking. Yeah, Dukes. He's, Dukes. He's, he's a, a long time man. We worked at the Holden Racing Team, yep. both on the tools. Actually, and we actually tried to get Lucas to work for us. Did you? Yep. I love Lucas. He was a very, very good worker. He's a ripping man. Um, he asks, "Have you ever been beaten by a client or a fellow staff member on a marketing sponsor go kart day? If so, by whom?" Uh, yes, probably Lucas. That's always why he's asking me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, te- I'm not as good as go-karts as what I used to be, so people can beat me pretty easily. In there. Okay, so he shouldn't feel good about beating you. No, he shouldn't feel good. It's not like a... Yeah. Right. Marcus, there's, there's a lot of that stock going around. Yeah. Marcus asks, has Dean Canto ever forgiven you for the tap on the man bits on the way through on the podium on the Gold Coast? Uh, yeah, he has because oh, there's a story behind that. Do I want to ask what it is? Well, in 2012 at the Sandown 500 change, he gave me a sack tap. Mid co-driver change yep, in the co- race. He sack tapped me on the way in. 
like we were doing the vital chains and he, he gave, gave you me a, a tap on the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he also, what he did do is he had pulled his little seat insert out and back then the dash, the Motec dash was sta- sitting on the wheel and he like smashed the dash on the way out. With the seat insert. With the seat insert, sack tapped me and then got out. And, like, and broke the dash. Broke the dash, so I had no no telemetry, no mode bar numbers, no bias numbers, no gear position, nothing. I just had my lights. That's working. why you should not try to whack your mates. No, give them I'm a not. hit on the way through. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Adam <laughs> asks. We kind of covered this earlier, but you might be able to expand. Outside of supercars, what other races or categories would you like to drive in if you were offered? What other categories I'd like to drive in? Um, GT stuff. Like mm. I really, really rate that category. It's really cool. And you, you know, playing with some big factory names. What else would I like to do? That's about it, really. I don't mm. really like. I don't. Le Mans? Does that interest oh, you? Yeah, Daytona I'd, or I'd, one of those yeah, races all, all that those, Shane Van Gisbergen or? Yeah, I'd love to do that. That is just that is me. What Shane does is really, really cool. Really cool. And I uh, wish I could do that. But outside of like my own racing life, I don't really watch a lot. Mm. Like I don't. I watch probably Formula One, and that's kind of it. Yeah. I watch maybe a little bit IndyCar to see how. The boys are going over there, but I don't really watch a lot. It's pretty busy doing your thing anyway. So. Yeah, I'm too busy, man. Yeah. And I'd rather watch shitty movies or something. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. <laughs> uh, one more from Adrian. Who's got more shoes, you or Tahan? Definitely her. She's got... World champion. She's the world champion of collecting stuff. Yeah. She's a collector of all items of personal clothing. It's You're not ridiculous. good at this rule of one in, one out, are you? No. No, no. Well, I used to have a friend live with me, Daniel Gaunt. Who's how, how have we not mentioned Daniel Gaunt in a Daniel yeah, Reynolds podcast? I love Daniel. He's one of my best mates. He used to live with me for five years, but I had to kick him out because she needed more like space to for a wardrobe. So, I had well, to so get... he'd lost his room to put all her stuff not, in. Not really. That's just what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like her, her... My second bedroom in my apartment is her wardrobe, essentially. Right. And then her car is the third wardrobe. So has Daniel Gaunt been replaced in your life by Will Brown? Because he's always hanging out with you on socials. You call him your son. He he's my son, He lives with you yeah. whenever he's in town. He's your little. enduro co-driver this year. Yeah, they couldn't have paired us up. Couldn't paired me up with a better person. No, I like, really rate his company and his his person. And yeah, good driver too. Very, very good driver. We'll he's got a big career ahead of him. We'll see how you two go later on in the year. I know. You know the thing that you need to do in the enduros and the big marquee events is to get into the top ten shootout, right? Yeah. We have a top ten shootout on the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Tipkin. It's just a fancy way of doing word association. So <laughs> yeah, I okay. say things I'm and you tell me the first word that comes to Do you really head. want to do this? We can bleep the shit out <laughs> later on. So you give me the first word. I'll let you have words, two or three if you need. Okay. okay. Go. Con- you're concentrating really concentrating. hard. Here. Look, most guests take two or three to get going to get it down to one word. Betty Clemenko. Like, what, what's the word association? What's the word that comes um, to mind when you think of Betty Clemenko? Amazing. Amazing. There you go. Al McVeigh. You're this super smart. We'll put a hyphen. That's one word. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, if I put a hyphen in it, super yeah. smart can be one word together. Tim Edwards. Um, relaxed. Yeah, good way to put it. He is a relaxed person, though. He never gets too wound no, up he ne- and he never gets too, chips too hard yeah. on the telly, from what I remember. Uh, Luke Yildon. Um, just super lovely. Super lovely. He is just the super loveliest guy. Put a hyphen in that too. Mick Ritter. Uh, yeah, he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> angry little man. But I love Ritter. He was yeah, one of my probably most influential person people in my in my career. If I didn't drive for Sonic, I wouldn't be half the driver I am today. Mm. 
Yeah. I think a lot of other people who have been through Say their the Formula Ford and Career Cup programs yeah. would, would love say him. the same thing. Funniest guy ever, but He's, like unassumingly funny. If you don't know Mick Ritter and you walk past the Sonic tent at a Porsche round or a Formula Ford event somewhere, he's probably the guy with the cigarette and the can at the bottle of Coke. Yeah, he's pretty the much best that dude guy. ever. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a good value. He's a good man. Craig Baird, um, <laughs> my dad. <laughs> he was yeah. Craig is. I don't know. Like Craig's just the one of my, also. And I'm I, not saying Craig Baird is in the driving standards observer, which he obviously now is. Yeah. Of course, you race Porsches against them with one another. There, I think he yeah. did a bit of New Zealand stuff. I, he together got me, as well. Didn't he, he got me into New Zealand and raced the team that he raced for over there, and we had probably the wildest time of our life. It was. I've got so many cool stories about that. That um, you know, couple of year period. I think I started racing in 2008 and finished in 2011. But that sort of three year period was. Just epically fun. Are there any stories that you're allowed to share? Or that none. You're thinking, no, 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 no like, I didn't think so. I raced for um, the Mad Butcher there and the team and the guy who who owned 42 Below Vodka. Mm-hmm. And so they had a, a a Porsche team that was about, they ran about six cars. Myself, Craig, uh, the two owners raced. Um, Rodney Forbes raced as well. And um, Daniel Gaunt was one of the drivers as well. And we, we go around New Zealand as a, as a team just... Just, ripping it up just having the best time of my life and it was just a lot of fun it so, was we had a bus like we had a tour bus and it was like almost famous that movie oh. they used to travel around in that bus and go to all the events and it was just hilarious I could only they, imagine they tried to eject they tried to sack me and Daniel one day because we tried to leave the bar before midnight <laughs> and um, yeah it was just unbelievable at the time I wasn't happy but I look back and just laugh but they were like yeah. seasoned alcoholics I like to call them because they, 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 they would uh, at night all this shit would happen and then in the morning they'd forget about it like nothing happened I was <laughs> just like just refresh yeah it was so bizarre it was the bizarrest <laughs> time of my life but it was, I had so much fun good me, times. me myself Daniel and Craig always talk about it these days so yeah Craig is he helped me got there and he you know kind of guided me a lot in my life and yeah for the better he's a very smart character and yeah good good uh, Jamie Winkup the goat Mm. Is that actually the only way you can describe yeah, it's him? It's hard. Well, you, you could argue it, but the numbers who, don't who, lie. He's who, top who of else, the pops in all the Who else would come close? It depends what you're judging it on, though. If it's by championships won, it's him. Races won, it's, it's him. him. Podiums, it's him. Opposition. Oppositions, it's him. him. Now, tell me what else matters in terms of performance well, in the sport. results, but... You've got four of them. Yeah. And he probably, should, a couple more. probably should add ten, really. Could still get another one or two or three before Easily. he's done. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, uh, I did like it, it's his 500th race sometime this year, and I did like a piece of camera saying how much I hate him for kicking our ass for so long. <laughs> but also, you know, he, I, he at least I you're honest. Yeah. At least you're honest. Uh, top him. ten shootouts nearly done. Uh, Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey. shithole. <laughs> oh, don't be like that. <laughs> nah, not really. Aubrey was a great place to grow up. Do you get back there much? Uh, a little bit. My mum and dad still live yeah. there. My brother still lives there. Most of my family's still there. Yeah, so cool. Good but, like, I love going back there. I have got so many good memories growing up. But, yeah, it's, it's Aubrey. It's home. It's home. <laughs> it's home, yeah, mate. Oh, that's probably my word association. Home. home. Yep. Uh, Winton. Home track. You don't like it, though, do you? Not until last year. You came around to it last well, year because yeah, you started to go all right. Last year I got a podium, so I was... Happy about You're it. You're all right about it. I'm Before right. then, you did not. No, nah, I never done that well there. That was the first time I ever drove a car 
around a track, and that was I was driving my mum's WRX. Oh, so this is the is this the first this did we miss this question? Is this your first go in a car of some sort? This this is my first go on a in a car on a track. It was a, back then they used to have Winton Fun Days. Yeah, and I think was, they still do. Have they that still sort do. Of yeah, stuff. probably yeah, every now and again. They have a fun day. It was like back then it was 10 bucks for the whole day. Well, like an open day. An open day, yeah. Come and drive your car, singles and doubles, 20-minute session. Yeah, tw- road, most of them road cars. Uh, singles, doubles. Uh, you know, Obviously, doubles take a passenger, singles. You buy yourself, ripping around. I had my, my mum's WRX with my L plates on, <laughs> cruising around, learning um, how to go about racing cars. And I think I was faster than my old man at the time, and that's when he was like, oh, he's all right. He's not Maybe there's bad. something in this. Yeah, and that's when I started racing Formula Ford not long after. It all started with the Rex. Yep. It all started with the WRX, yep. Yep, at Winton. The dirty old WRX. Which hey, I, nothing wrong with the Rex. Which I uh, busted many clutches <laughs> on. I did donuts on my school oval. Um, David, late at night, David. Broke in, ripped it up, ripped a couple of burnouts, me and my mates, and uh, broke the diff, I think. Had to get towed out of there <laughs> late night. Well, they pretty much going to know who did it if yeah. the car's still well, there and luckily, needs to be towed. Luckily, we um, got out of there before that all happened. <laughs> <laughs> What a little rat bag I was. Total rat bag. Uh, one more left in the Go. top 10 shootout. Dean Canto. Bald. I knew you were going to say Just that. Just so bald, it's unbelievably smooth. <laughs> I love Dino. He is a good man. man. He's a good man. He, he's actually had such a long career that he's yeah. he'd be a good podcast because he's been there and he's seen it all. We'd love to get him on it on the show one day um, we're done I'm sure there's plenty of other topics we could go through thank plenty you so much no, for your time mate, thanks for having me uh, really in the meantime of course uh, Below the Bonnet is the podcast that if you're not listening Absolutely. to V8 Sleuth you should be listening to maybe we can do like a, a replacement Did you can come new on. for old thing hey, and so re- backwards come, and forwards I'll come, come and on. do yours one please day please come on I'd love to have you on oh, it could be dangerous you AVL myself and Michael Two, well I, I feel like we've got to get the media pack gang up on the driver pack because then it's come, equal come with us two on come two. with any ammunition you want two on get two. used to it yeah, it'd be dangerous hey thanks for, <laughs> thanks for sitting down I know we've covered some highs and some lows yeah. it's been good fun uh, thanks for joining us on the no, VS Luke podcast hope, powered by Timken hope you like my stories not bad <laughs> now that's not quite all of our chat with David Reynolds I've really got to thank him for opening up about that terrible day at Mount Buller in 2007 as I mentioned in the pod during the chat I didn't want to launch this on him out of the blue without any warning, so I asked him before we started recording if he was comfortable discussing this topic, and he most certainly was, and he went to depths I didn't even imagine or expect. But after we turned off the recorder, we got talking a little bit more about it and some other things as well, and at Dave's suggestion, we pressed the record button again so he could share a bit more of the story. So in the aftermath of the Buller stuff, what's the... What's the recovery, I, yeah. I guess, in terms of your – you didn't have any broken bones or anything no, like that. It I was had, just the, the head injury. I had, yeah, no broken bones, just like cuts and bruises and scratches and a, and a bruised brain. But when the initial thought was bleeding on the brain, which is severe. Um, so after the, after the first scans, it was all clear. And I remember lying in hospital and I wasn't allowed to have many visitors at the time, so I wasn't allowed to have like an hour of visitors a day or something because they back then their knowledge of brain um, brain injuries was you know not a lot of stimulation, which is very very different today. They want you to stimulate your brain, right? Which is you know quite one eighty, one eighty to the, yeah, big yeah. time. Which probably actually would have helped me in my recovery because you know um, after I got out of hospital. I went home and I wasn't allowed to watch TV or do anything like that for it was a good month. So all I had was my own thoughts sitting home in Aubrey. 
and all I had was these terrible thoughts of everything that happened. But in hospital, I had to pass the memory test. Yeah. And it's a very simple memory test. Yeah. Very, very simple. Um, they come and they come to your room and ask you, you know, like, uh, where, who are you? Where are you from? Where do you live? Can you remember? Um, they, they, well, they, first off, they give you three words to remember, like brick, chair, and red or black. It's like very, very simple, mundane things. And then they ask you a bunch of questions like, where, where, you, where are you? Um, how old are you? Where do you live? And then they say, what were those three things I asked you? And for the first two or three days, I couldn't remember. <laughs> Just had no memory. Anything or the three things you had to remember? Well, no, I couldn't. I remembered everything except, except, the, those, except okay. those three yeah. things. And so I think on the third day, I was like, I hate being in a hospital. I have to get out of here. So I, every time they, they, they asked me the three things I had to remember were like table, carpet, and green let's say it was that and then they said you know what's your name and i said my name's david rails but in my head i said carpet chair carpet table green <laughs> so i always finish the sentence with remembering in your head saying yeah so that then i could just the pass their shitty little test so i could go home but right. i probably wasn't in the state to go home at the time good strategy to do <laughs> yeah, it though. No. i like it. i just had to get out of hospital because it was doing my head in um so yeah then i was at home feeling super sorry for everything that happened about myself and all these bad thoughts and memories. And um, uh, the team rang me and said, would you like to come have a, have a go at a, a ride day? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and which team's this? Uh, HSV dealer team. Okay, right. End yeah. of 2007. They were doing a ride day at Phillip Island in December. And um, I went and I got in the car. And this is your first time in any race car? First time since, in, the since the accident. So yep. what, a month later? Yeah, it was a month and a bit maybe. Yep. And I... Um, Went out of pit lane, like you know, feeling a, feeling okay. Started my lap, start start like went down the straight. Started my lap, went straight off, no, <laughs> straight off at turn one. I'm like fuck, and then come back around, slowly come back around again. Started my lap again, went straight off at turn one again, and then I just got it, drove into pit lane, got out of the car and said I'm going home. <laughs> went I, off I, the I track just because you just had lost the field. I don't know. I'm just... not sure my. It Went must too have been quicker in the turn? Yeah, or? it was probably a tailwind at the time. I didn't oh, account for it. Probably did AKs an hour too much. You know, yeah, one. something stupid like that. So I got out of the car and went home. And then that's when but, I started but the did GPS. did you have to build yourself up to getting in the car that day yeah, and oh, getting back into yeah, the swing? a little bit, yeah. It's a very short turnaround time from – it's not like it's six months on from no, that. It's, it's not. A month. It wasn't, it's wasn't very long. And that's probably why I just probably wasn't mentally equipped mm. to, to start racing again or start driving again. And that's – you know, I did the DVS – um, that year, and I raced in in New Zealand with um Craig Baird at at uh at the Carrera Cup in New Zealand the next year, and that's kind of what kind of got me back in into racing, and, mm. and here I am today. And in that um, recovery phase, uh, the physical is one thing, but the mental Mental's. and emotional is the other thing. So, mm-hmm. what could you do, or would you have done anything differently, or do they just know more about it in 2020 than they did in 2007? They're better equipped to um, help well, you with those things, or is it more about giving you the skills and the strategies and the yeah. the thinking well, to then work on it yourself? Yeah, also like, um, I think every journey is slightly different, and mm. it's up to the individual person to find out what's what works best for them. Um, so I saw a lot lots of counsellors, um, and that's just. That's just basic talking. What we're doing now, it's not really didn't really help much. It kind of helped a little bit, but not not a lot. And um, 
I tried in 2012, I tried getting hypnotized and that actually really helped me. Funnily enough, it's the weirdest experience, but it really helped they me. They didn't make you cluck like a chicken or anything. No, like no, it wasn't like that. TV, it's just no. they they talk to your subconscious in a different way. To, and they the person I went and saw, she was really good. She was amazing at her job. She made she try and trains you to see gratitude in your life and and be be thankful for the things that you have rather than you know looking at all the bad sides. That's a bit happening. of a focus shift. Yeah, exactly. Rewiring. Yeah, it was just a yeah. Like a, it's like a computer. Your brain's a computer and. Is just trying to reprogram it to think differently and better, mm. and it really, really helped me. So that was a long, long turnaround for me, anyway. Mm. Um, what else happened? I didn't like. Oh, I, obviously, when you get when you get airlifted to hospital, they send you the bill in the mail. Oh, it's so the this, last thing you think of. Yeah, so this bill came for about seven and a half grand. <laughs> I was Oof. like. Fucking hell. That's expensive yeah. chopper ride. It's, yeah. But luck, like But a, it's the chopper ride if you need it. Yeah, that needed it, yeah. Yeah. They pumped me so much full of morphine at the time, I thought I was going to die on the flight. <laughs> that wasn't fun. Um, but, yeah, I think the TAC or some, some insurance pays for that that bill. So yeah, it was a very, very long recovery and I had some very good people around me to help me through and, yeah, I'm very, very thankful that I was able to, to become a better, you know, better person out of it, and and try and get over my fears and and everything that happened. Obviously, I still I still battle with them day in day out, but not as bad. So there you go. Thank you again to David Reynolds for joining us on the V8 Loop podcast, powered by Timkin, and thank you again, Dave, for speaking so openly and candidly as you do about so many things, particularly though about the struggles he faced in the wake of that terrible accident. As I said during the chat, if any of those things Dave talked about resonated with you. You want to just reach out for some help or just talk to someone, you should do it. Call Lifeline 131114 14 or Beyond Blue 1300 224 636. If you're enjoying the V8 Salute podcast, make sure you leave us a review. Help spread the word. Tell all your friends about us. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you don't miss the episodes and you get alerted to them as soon as they're live on through the site. If you haven't been to our website recently, we've given a birthday. New race livery too for 2020. So check it out at v8sleuth.com.au. And as always, keep an eye on the V8 Sleuth Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages too. And if you're a Holden fan and you love Reynolds and his Penrite Commodore and his Bathurst winning car, you need to make sure you get a copy of our new book, Racing the Lion, 400-page illustrated history of Holden Australian motorsport. It is our dip of our lid to the general and its history in Australian motorsport. Jump on our website, click on the store link, and you can order yourself a copy of this limited edition book. It will be released a little later in the year. Dave Reynolds has done two parts on the V8 Salute podcast. We hope to have your company next time you're with us. Make sure you join us then on the V8 Salute podcast, powered by Timkin. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number 2, and oil, and find out.